is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. This is Fantasy Football Today. Welcome back. Welcome back to the listeners. Welcome back to Josh Gordon. Outstanding return to the NFL. And welcome back to Jamie and Heath. We missed you guys on Friday's show and Saturday's show. How was your weekend? Start with Jamie. How was your weekend, buddy? Oh, it was great. How about you? It was good. I played a fun game I want to tell you guys about. But first, Heath, how was your weekend? It was fine. Yeah, good day of football today. It was a good day of football. Very good day of football. I very much enjoyed it. It's obviously a busy slate of games. Okay, you want to hear about the game that I played? Yeah. Good Christmas game, I think. Uh, it's called What Do You Meme? Have you guys played What Do You Meme? No. Every time I try to talk to my wife. <laughs> no, meme. M-E-M-E. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's just Cards Against Humanity with memes. It's it's funny. It's good. I, I rec- recommend it. Fun little party game. Now, anyway, nobody cares. Let's talk football. We got winners and losers. We got big-time injuries for you. We got the mega duds like Julio Jones and Mike Evans. People are pissed at Mike Evans. I, yikes. Um, and uh, recapping every game, leaders in every category. You know how it works. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Wait to hear what one of our emailers, David, did in his league. Incredible stuff. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Welcome back, Josh Gordon. 84% owned, 31% started. Heath, 85 yards on four catches on 11 targets. He only caught four of 11 targets, but overall, you got to be pretty encouraged, right, with Green Bay next week? This exceeded my expectations. I, I know he only caught four of 11 targets, but he's going up against one of the best corners so far this year in the NFL. I think he was just the second wide receiver all season long to top 80 yards against this Chargers defense. Uh, the fact that they targeted him 11 times, the fact that he performed like he did, he looked good. I, I could not be more excited for Josh Gordon next week. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay, it's such a good matchup for everybody except for Mike Evans. So that was encouraging to see. Jamie, anything to add on on Gordon? He good. Yeah. <laughs> now, remember, he came back last time from the suspension. He played the last four games of the year. This was a few seasons ago. He had a great game to start, and they just got progressively worse. But we'll hope uh, we'll hope things that doesn't happen again. All right, so then let's go to the winners and losers here. And, uh, of course, the big news today, we're following Matthew Stafford's injury. <clears throat> Leonard Fournette limped off the field. He's just dealing with this ankle. Tyrod Taylor carted off. We'll talk about all that. But, Jamie, we'll start with your winners. And as of right now, as of Sunday night, with the top two quarterbacks in fantasy for the season currently playing, the number one quarterback of Week 13 is your number one winner, Alex Smith, with 45 fantasy points at the Jets. He, uh, Yeah, he was great. You know, good to see uh, Road Alex show up. Good to see him take advantage of a of a great matchup, and good to see the uh, the Chiefs bench uh, Andy Reid for Matt Nagy or Nagy, however you pronounce his, his name. Um, uh, come in and and you know take take uh take fantasy owners for a ride, I guess if you were uh, if you were still inclined to start him. The uh, the discouraging thing is his next three games are at home, so can he uh can he continue to play well in Kansas City? Um, but. Uh, the talk of him getting benched, this wasn't on him. This defense is horrible for Kansas City. So, uh, Alex Smith, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, great, great performances all the way around from those three guys. Yeah, he's got Oakland next week. He always does well against Oakland. He had 31 points in the first meeting. Heath, is it really a home road thing? I mean, they threw the ball down the field. 
And I have an, I have another theory on this, but what's your, you know, what's your theory on, on Alex Smith? Uh, my theory on it is that we have said for the last couple of weeks, teams were just not respecting Alex Smith's ability to throw on the field. And for one reason or another, he didn't. One of those games, it was a win situation. Another one, he just really played poorly. They were stacking the box. There, there was a lot of, uh, especially from Buffalo, just giving Kareem Hunt no room to run at all. And the Chiefs came out aggressively with the new play caller for most of the game. They did still let Andy Reid call at least one play when they had third and like 18 inches and they tried to throw a pass to their left tackle. <laughs> but for most of the game, they uh, they had a good game plan. Just throw the ball down the field and yeah. attack. You've got Tyree Kill. I don't know that we've really seen how good Tyree Kill could be if somebody would just throw him multiple deep balls every game. Yeah, well, he had a great game for sure. And then I just think that with Alex Smith, go ahead and look at his game log. And every single time he's had a good matchup, he's done well, except for two times, two very recent times. The Giants game, he scored seven points, and the Bills game. But the Bills, turns out they don't give up a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks. Tom Brady had a terrible game today for fantasy. And the Giants game was 25-mile-per-hour wins. So I don't know. Maybe it was an overreaction, but we can talk about it again. Uh, next week when he faces Oakland. Another good matchup, but it is at home. All right, your other winner, Jamie, was another Alex. Alex Collins, start of the week, Alex Collins. So Alex Smith was started in 37% of leagues. Alex Collins was started in only 65% of leagues. People, what are you doing? He had a huge game. He had two touchdowns. He had 75 rushing yards, 23 receiving. Are you pumped about Alex Collins' rest of season? I think you have to be. I mean, this is now three games in a row where he scored. He could have had potentially four touchdowns if they had given him the two red zone touchdowns that Joe Flacco, two red zone opportunities that Joe Flacco threw the short area touchdowns to open the, the, the game. So, um, I was a little bit nervous after that happened because just my luck this year, but, um, you know, Alex Collins comes through with, uh, with a huge performance and he is, uh, he's running very, very well. Let's go over to Heath's winners now. And Heath, I think what you should do to start the discussion about the winners is say, Hey, Adam, thank you. Great job. Picking up Marquise Goodwin in the, on, for the team that we share in anticipation of next week's game in Houston. Hey, Adam, you really did a nice job dropping Devontae Parker Floyd. <laughs> did Michael Floyd end up with more yards with, yeah, than Devontae Parker today? I think today? he did. I think he did. But if you combine them, they may have done better than Julio Jones. I'm not sure. It's close. Uh, yes. Jimmy Garoppolo looked good. I had my doubts. This was a tough matchup on the road, and he didn't have a great day, but he looked good. Much better quarterback for a receiver like Goodwin that wants to go down the field. Caught all eight of his targets for 99 yards, and he gets the Texans and the Titans over the next two weeks. He's going to win some people some playoff games. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to have to start him over Marvin Jones if, if uh, Matthew Stafford's out. But Goodwin— 30, Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, if he's out. 36% owned for Goodwin. He'll be a popular waiver wire guy. And then the Dolphins have two rushing touchdowns all year. They're both from Kenyon Drake. And he had a monster game. He had 120 rushing yards and a touchdown. He had 21 receiving yards. He had 26 touches. And he is your week 13 winner, Kenyon Drake. Is he going to be a winner, you know, going forward? Or do you think it was just taking advantage of a good situation with all those injuries for Denver? Well, I think it can be yes and yes. He took advantage of an excellent situation. Denver completely beat up. We talked about it all week. Plus the fact that Damian Williams was out and he was the only guy and they had to feed him. But he shined in that role. Like, it's one thing to take advantage of it, but he shined in that role. And so I, I don't think we have as much concern about what his workload is going to be 
moving forward, at least until he has a bad game. So yes, he, he you get opportunities in life. He took advantage of his. Would you guys? So I had uh, yeah, uh, our bold prediction on FFT that he would get 150 total yards and a touchdown, and he had 141 total yards and a touchdown, but he had 36 yards called back due to penalty. Like he had two big big runs that were. I don't know if they were obvious, you know, penalties or not, but, uh, called back, uh, because of that. But I, I think you gotta look at what his, his numbers have been fantasy wise since Jay Ajayi was traded. Only one game under eight fantasy points in a standard league. And yeah. I believe that was the Baltimore game. Um, so you were wrong on your bold prediction is what you're I was saying? wrong, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty good bold prediction. You just missed. Uh, would you guys have, rather- he, he was in the top ten for me. I expected him to play well and he did. Kenyon Drake or Alex Collins, rest of season? Uh, Collins has to play Pittsburgh next week. I think at this point, you know what the fantasy playoffs, you gotta go week to week. So Collins has Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see how they come out of their Monday night game against the Bengals and Drake has, uh, the Patriots. So they're kind of similar situations, but I'd probably take Drake because Collins still loses touches to Javoris Allen and, and Danny Witten. Right. I'd probably take Collins, but they're really close. They're both high end number twos. Would you guys take either of these two running backs, Alex Collins or Kenyon Drake over Devontae Freeman? What I do don't think? think so. I I don't have Atlanta's schedule here in front of me, so that they, they get play the Saints the same on Thursday week. night in, at home. Yeah, but he yeah, just, I, he I don't think I'm going to start him over that. I'm, he can't get more than maybe 12 over carries. Jordan Howard. Over Jordan Howard, yeah, he's he's been struggling too. He's in the mega duds. Um, all right, but I'm going to assume you're going to take Kenyon Drake and Alex Collins over Kareem Hunt rest of season. Yeah, have to. You have to. Mm-hmm. All right, Heat's other winner. Oh no. Oh, we go to the losers. We're done with the winners. Marquis Goodwin and Kenyon Drake. Okay, the losers. Yeah, so. Charles Clay, 44% owned. <laughs> How about Jared Cook, too? I mean, the tight ends have just gotten worse as the years have gone, gone on. Um, Clay with three catches for 20 yards on three targets, and he's got the injury to Tyrod Taylor. Big loser for you, Heath. Absolutely, yeah. We, we looked at his rest-of-season schedule, and it was easy to get very excited about Clay, and he's just not delivered. We made excuses for a couple of weeks. They were valid excuses. He had the almost touchdown. He had the work-the-rust-off game. But if Tyrod Taylor's not there, and I, I don't imagine they go back to him, there's not really any hope for Charles Clay. Maybe the big loser was really streaming tight ends this week. Terrible. Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry did well, right? But yeah, Vernon Davis obviously a dud, and and Jared Cook. Did Jared? I know Jared Cook got hurt. Did he stay out? He came back in, right? I'm not sure. He got he got out uh, performed by Clyde Walford. Yeah, weird. Um. And Jordan Howard, Heath, is your other loser. What do you make of what's going on with Jordan Howard? Seven or fewer fantasy points in five of his last eight games, and his last two have been absolutely brutal. There was a time when if the Bears played a close game at home, you could pretty much guarantee that Jordan Howard was going to get 20 touches. And that's just completely disappeared. We saw it over the last couple of weeks. I think we talked about it last week, how he had almost completely disappeared from the passing game. And he had, what, two catches for negative one yards or something in this one. It's just not there for him anymore. He has no more than 15 carries since week eight. And uh, yeah. I, I get, I guess part of it was maybe early on they were trying to protect, protect Trubisky just a little bit. Now they're trying to let him throw just a little more, but I, I don't have a lot of faith in him. I, I he's going to be a low end number two at best. I can think of a few guys that, how about you? Can you think of guys that when you look at your lineups, you kind of feel obligated to start them? But you don't really have confidence in them. Like Howard is has got to be one, and for me, like Fournette is another. 
because his yards per carry has been so bad. He left the game with the ankle injury. I don't think it's because he's bad or anything. I think it's because he's hurt. Like, we know he's playing hurt. Well, he came back and he finished the game. He so. did, but but it's just – it concerns me that he has not run the ball well in the last well, four let, games. Let's, just to let you know, uh, they were down one offensive lineman. They had Parnell come back after being inactive last week. Cam Robinson's been playing hurt. He hasn't been playing well, so he's really struggled over the last uh, you know half of the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what they did this week was – and you know, again, our, our, our Jaguars guy, Pete Prisco, uh, said that they kind of viewed this as a get right game for their passing game. Like their plan was to throw going into this. And in the first half, it was throw to set up the run. And then you saw Fournette in the second half. Again, he didn't run very well. No, he didn't. I mean, that's the thing, Jamie. It's like, I get but, it, but, but I... that's what teams are going to do against them. And until they, they have a semblance of a threat of a passing game, which they're not going to, they're going to just, to have to deal with eight-man boxes and and trying to run through that. But how is that different than the beginning of the season before he hurt his ankle? All I'm saying well, is— Well, the offensive line was better, and he was healthy. I mean, it's a, yeah, it, he it's was a combination healthy. of everything. He's he's averaging less than three yards per carry. I, I know yards per carry, whatever. People get on me for citing it. I mean, less than three no, yards Adam, per I carry. I think in this case, though, it's, it's not—you're not doubting Leonard Fournette's talent. Um, you're yeah. doubting starting him in fantasy because, A, he might leave with an injury. B, his offensive line's not performing as well as it was. And C, everybody's stacking the box. It's not really doubting Leonard Fournette so much as it's just doubting the whole package. Sure, exactly. Next week's going to be interesting because what we've seen from them is when they're behind, they throw. And they don't use him in the passing game. Now, he did this week. He had four four targets, three catches. That was nice to see. Uh But when they're chasing points, that's when TJ Yeldon has been more involved. Now, I don't know if Seattle will go into Jacksonville and put up a big number because of Jacksonville's defense, playing on the road, long road trip, all those things. But you have to assume that Russell Wilson will have some semblance of success. Well, it's so not, but it's that, not just the score, though, Jamie. It's the it's the run defense that scares me. Like Seattle's it's, it's not. So it doesn't good. really necessarily have to be like a like a ten or, or or more deficit. It's when they're just in even competitive games, they've gone away from Fournette. We yeah. saw that last week in that game against Arizona. They were in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I'm, I'm gonna. I might not start him honestly next week because I, I probably will start Alex Collins ahead of Fournette. Um, and we'll see. I have Camara, so then he would be a flex at that point. But, but again, uh, whatever. We'll figure it out then. But obviously, Jordan Howard. Heath, just just to wrap up what you were saying, it's hard. It's hard to have a lot of confidence in him right now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That, that's an even worse situation because mm-hmm. at least in Fournette's situation, we expect them to be ahead most of the time, and he has a a really good defense. Howard has an okay defense, but we expect him to be behind most of the time. So, yeah, I, I'm looking at his schedule and. Two weeks from now, when he's at Detroit, I'll probably feel a little better. Next week at Cincinnati, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, and I just I know we're going off the off the track a little bit here, but I've always marveled at Jordan Howard's ability to put up fantasy numbers on a bad team without catching a lot of passes. It's just a bad recipe for a running back. Okay, we see it with mm-hmm. Isaiah Crowell and Jordan Howard defied logic. You know, it's very rare that a that a running back has like a top ten season. When he's on a crappy offense and he's not a huge part of the passing game. And now it's starting to happen with him. And you know who else is kind of starting to happen to it? In standard scoring leagues. Not PPR, but standard. Carlos, uh, is, uh, Carlos Hyde. You know, it's another guy that I feel, I don't own Carlos Hyde in any leagues, but if you guys probably do, how comfortable do you feel starting Hyde, you know, when you set your lineup? Well, this was the first game really where he wasn't so involved in the passing game. He still had three catches. Right, but but he's still in standard scoring leagues. He's not putting up big numbers, and now we have a new quarterback who didn't really throw to him as much as the old quarterback. Like, I don't know. Do you still feel very confident in Carlos Hyde because he's been, you know, he's been less than less than eight or less fantasy points most weeks in standard. I, I only own him in PPR, ironically enough, 
So he's been, you know, I, I don't know if the word great applies to him, but he's been very good. Yeah. He's certainly been startable. Uh, this, this was the game that I, I, I was really curious to see how he would perform. And I'm a little disappointed, you know, just given the fact that they gave Matt Breida 12 carries. You know, it was a game that they were competitive in, so you figure that they would have at least leaned on him a little bit more. And the catches co- did come down a little bit. They developed another target in Trent Taylor. Marquise Goodwin had, you know, I don't think you're going to go into many games thinking Marquise Goodwin was going to catch 100% of his targets, and he did. You know, so that's a little disconcerting. But I think, you know, when you're talking about a guy of Carlos Hyde's caliber on a team that, you know, uh, I think with their schedule and the new quarterback will be competitive, he's still going to give you 20 touches. It's hard to say that he's a, a, a total dud. Yes, the numbers no, suggest that in not. standard leagues, but it hasn't necessarily been uh, that in PPR. Not a total dud, and very good in PPR. I, I just, I just wanted to know how you felt about him, because you know, some guys I'm excited to start, some guys I feel obligated to start. At this point, yeah, yeah, Hyde and Fournette are in the obligated category. I'm more excited about Fournette. Howard is below both of those. Sure. All right, let's go to Jamie's losers. Tevin Coleman, eight carries for 22 yards, three catches for 27 yards, and he was facing the team that gives up the fewest fantasy points to running backs in Minnesota. But uh, what do you make of Tevin Coleman as we saw Devontae Freeman come back and be the lead running back? He's the second guy. I mean, you know, there was really no doubt for me that he was going to be the second guy. Um, it was nice to see the three catches and six targets. You know, that's something I think you can hope will happen moving forward, that if he's going to get you eight to ten carries and and still be involved in the passing game because Freeman, one catch for seven yards on two targets. But when Devontae Freeman's healthy, you cannot start Tevin Coleman with any semblance of confidence. Can you start Devontae Freeman with any semblance of confidence? I'll take 6.2 yards per carry. Yeah, you know, this is still a a team that's going to be good. Um, He's probably more in the obligated category. I I think that's that's kind of the the nature of of who he is because he's got the potential to be great. Uh, Tough matchup against the Panthers, but, um, you know, he's still at the 15 to 20 range for me. Uh, At least, you know, I'll, I'll probably ballpark it there going into my rankings this week. Right, yeah, 15 to 20. But at the beginning of the season, he was, you know, five. Oh, he was, he was, he was top three. But you know, a lot of the guys at the top of that heap. Uh, you know, I think the biggest discussion we had was Devontae Freeman, Lashawn McCoy, and Melvin Gordon, and, and all three guys have not necessarily been number yep. five, top five worthy. Yep. All right, and Jamie's other loser is Devontae Booker. This this could have been one of your <laughs> every Broncos one. Uh, yeah, it really is. They're terrible. I mean, th- this is just an awful, awful football team. Um. Uh, they can't find a quarterback. They have three guys on their roster. They're all terrible, and, and the, the whole team is just awful as a result of it. The receivers were bad today. Uh, C.J. Anderson was good, so you can't say that Devontae Booker is going to take over this backfield. I think it's something that we've all hoped uh, was going to happen, or at least you know thought that it could happen. So yeah, Devontae Booker's cuttable. Yeah, Anderson had 18 more touches than him, so uh, maybe not quite. 19 minus three is 16. 16 more touches than uh, than Devontae Booker. All right, enough talk about losers. Let's talk about some good stuff. Let's talk about SeatGeek. If you're looking for something to do, you want to go to a game or a concert or a comedy show, theater, whatever it is, you got to use SeatGeek, people. Saves you time. Saves you money, especially with our promo code FFT. Again, the code is FFT on the SeatGeek app or SeatGeek.com. And you know what, guys? It's holiday time. It's a great time to buy someone tickets or buy yourself tickets. You deserve it. So if you're looking for an event, you type it into SeatGeek. SeatGeek searches multiple sites. It brings in all the ticket results. It grades the results based on value. 
And you can see which tickets represent the best value right there, and that's how you know you're getting the best price. And every purchase, by the way, is fully guaranteed. I love that about SeatGeek. So personally, I just use SeatGeek to go to a Knicks game. I've got all my friends using it. I've got my family using SeatGeek. You need to use SeatGeek, and our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Terrific offer. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT. That's promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, so here's your big news. Antonio Brown is questionable. Did you guys have to make any Roethlisberger decisions today? I uh, I picked up Case Keenum in a couple leagues, and I dropped Keenum. I I dropped Roethlisberger below Keenum. So, um, yeah, I started Keenum over Roethlisberger. I feel comfortable that his 21 will hold up more so than Big Ben's, just with the uncertainty of Antonio Brown. Heath, not so much. I didn't have a lot of Ben exposure, anyways. I I did. The difficult thing was knowing what to tell people Sunday morning about what do I do with Antonio Brown. Uh, especially in leagues where you can't make ad drops on Sunday morning, which seems to be a lot of them anymore. So it was all about risk acceptance because there, no one seems to have a good read on whether he's going to play or not. He yeah. didn't make the trip, which is encouraging. So he's going to be there. Um, the, the one thing that if you still can, you know, uh, is, is to pick up or, you know, Martavis Bryant, who was about 50% owned. That would be great. Yeah. Um, okay. Matthew Stafford left with an injured hand. They're at Tampa Bay next week. Tyrod Taylor was carted off the field. And, uh, I don't know. I think as of right now, I don't think anybody's got a great feeling about it. But it's 9.15 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night, and we don't know. We've got a quote he's, from Tyrod saying indicate. he, Sorry, he doesn't think it's serious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they have the Colts next week. Hunter Henry hurt his leg in the fourth quarter. I, it was a late game. I didn't see if he came back in. Uh, do you guys any know anything about Hunter Henry? Uh, I believe he did come back in. Okay. Jameis Winston, he was playing on a bad ankle. His offensive line was terrible. He still scored 21 fantasy points, so he's 81% owned, has Detroit next week. Ooh, Rob Gronkowski. I think you got to be a little bit concerned about a possible suspension. He took a cheap shot on Tredavious White and gave him a concussion. It was uncharacteristic of Gronk, and he apologized profusely. But, yeah, I mean, not, can't rule out that he will not get suspended for next week's game. Oh, he, he – I hope not, but um, Marcus Peters threw a penalty flag into the stands. That was awesome. It was so funny. Really, really awesome. I believe he, you probably, you know, watching this game a little bit closer than that one. Um, it seemed as if he was trying to negotiate with the fan who caught it. He was doing some sort of numbers with his hands. Yeah. I, I don't know. He went back into the locker room. They had to go chase him down to tell him he wasn't ejected. He came back out and wasn't wearing his game socks. Was wearing socks. Standing on the sideline with bare legs. (laughs) It was so weird. And then talking to some fan in the stands about whether he, I don't know if he was trying to fight somebody or arrange dinner plans or try to get the flag back. It was very strange. And, um, it was, th- there was a sequence of events of like three penalties on the Chiefs and he just lost it. Uh, by the way, yeah, it was very reminiscent of the Raiders game. The Jets had the ball. Oh, the Raiders Chiefs game. Yes. The Jets had the ball for 42 minutes and 49 seconds. The Chiefs had it for 17 11. And I think I saw that uh, – I was looking at all the ga- uh, time of possessions. I think there were nine early games, and in eight of them, one team had the ball for more than 33 minutes out of 60. So that was really strange, uh, really lopsided. Robbie Gold had a revenge game. He had five field goals. We should have talked more about that. And he had the game winner uh, for San Francisco. The Jaguars shot a free throw after a touchdown. It might have been after a two-point conversion, but they shot a free throw. It was outstanding. And the Ravens did a tug-of-war. After a touchdown. So, good celebrations today. 
Here are your mega duds. You've got your losers, your Jordan Howards of the world. These are your mega duds. Julio Jones, holy cow, two catches for 24 yards after 253 yards and two touchdowns last week. He's got a great two-game average, though. He has a great two-game average. But, uh yeah, the Vikings defense pretty damn good, guys. What, anything to say about Julio Jones here? I'd be nervous about Cam Newton next week. You'd be – oh, they face the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, um, and Julio Jones faces the Saints. And Jameson Crowder outscored him. I got lucky. Mike Evans. Yeah. You can hang your hat on that one, huh? Uh, I, you know what? The only thing I have to say is that if you're one of those people that is like, always start your studs, it doesn't always work. And you've you the, week, the week before, Jones. though. Do what? The, the week before, Marvin Jones beat up that defense. But I tried to explain it to you. It was fluky. No, he had a touchdown and like 60 yards but without the big play. Okay, the touchdown, yeah. Xavier Rhodes probably should have been playing a little bit closer. But earlier in the year, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Jordy Nelson. They're a great defense. I know, but I, Who did I, you I, bench Julio no, for I, today, I started Adam? him. I started him. But I would have, okay. I would have benched him for Jamison Crowder. That's all. I mean, of course I started Julio. You always start your studs, Heath. Mike Evans. Two catches for 33 yards. We got an email from DJ. Is Mike Evans the biggest bust this year? No injury excuses, just kind of bad production. Is Mike Evans the well, biggest Well, he does bust? have an injury excuse because his quarterback missed three games. And he was suspended. Okay. So, it, look, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna say that Jordy Nelson is or is not a bust, or T.Y. Hilton is or is not a bust, whatever category is, that's what Mike Evans kind of falls into. Is he a must start? I'm starting uh, against next Detroit week. next week, yes. yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, he could be facing Darius Slay and Desmond Trufant in his next two games, if Trufant gets healthy, but. Gotta start your studs. Tom Brady was he, a he's, he's probably what we're talking about the running backs. He's an obligated guy. Uh, right. Yep. Exactly. So here was my best tweet of the day. Let's see if I can pull it up. As we t- Tom Brady with eight fantasy points. It was something like, "Hey, if you're setting a daily lineup, keep in mind Tom Brady has averaged 381 passing yards with 11 total passing touchdowns in his last three games at Buffalo." Sorry about that. Eight fantasy points. We don't care, right? Whatever. Fluky. No, I already did my ranking quarterback rankings for Week 14, and he's number one. He's number one. Okay, at Miami. Yep. Uh, Demarius Thomas, though, we have to care about this. He got 10 targets. He caught two of them for 27 yards at the Dolphins. They stink. <laughs> they are awful. So are the Jets, though. Now, has, so, has Demarius so Thomas, have, uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Has, James, has Demarius Thomas gone out of the obligated zone to the, like, you probably should sit him zone? He's, he's quickly falling the wayside of Jordy Nelson and T.Y. Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry, man. So we have one of the best handicappers in the, you know, maybe the history of handicapping, Hank Goldberg, that does uh, our Sunday morning shows, and he's been and nailed it almost every week. The first half, um, he helped me out here. The first half over under. What has he been betting on on the Dolphins against the Dolphins? Uh, uh first half, yes, first just the first half spread. First half spread against the Patriots the at ten two weeks ago. Yeah. Every every week he bets it every week. He's he's probably won it twelve <laughs> or thirteen weeks. This is the one week he. Clearly didn't win it, but they get off to such slow starts, and the Broncos are just so bad <laughs> that they made the Dolphins look good. And and Chris yeah. said something I don't remember what it was. Maybe he tweeted it. Um, you'll have to go through all of Chris's seven thousand tweets for today. But um, Chris Chris said something about the Dolphins haven't won a game by double digits. I think maybe in two years, something like that. Wow, wow. 
So you hate the Broncos today, Jamie. It is a theme of the show. The the world hates the Broncos today. They're awful. They are fantasy killers, no question. The Um, one thing that they're good for is allowing tight ends to score. Julius Thomas. I said it. He was going to score. Let's uh let's get Kareem Hunt into the mega duds section. He he actually had six points, which is better than the other mega duds, other than Brady with eight. Uh, but it's what five straight games with seven or fewer fantasy points. Nine straight games without a touchdown. Heath, Oakland next week. Oakland. Kareem Hunt starter sit. I'm probably going to end up starting Kareem Hunt again next week, and mega dud might be a little bit strong. For Kareem Hunt, putting up six fantasy points, and you got the stat with seven points or fewer in his last six games or whatever. Most of those weeks are six or seven fantasy points. He's had a lot of very middling, high-end number three, low-end number two weeks, and it's very disappointing. I'll be surprised if if there's 24 running backs I want to start over next week. You know what helps your time of possession? Running the ball. I I don't want to keep making excuses for him, though. Like... It's, I'm not making excuses. It, it's we, it's weak I mean, after what, week. what do you want from a guy that's averaging 4.4 yards per carry and only gets nine carries? Yeah, I mean, sure, and the time of possession did factor into that. It just, I can't look at him like a guy who's playing well, personally. You know, I don't, I don't think it's an opportunity thing. <laughs> I think in this game, he I'm did not even saying. Well. Yeah, I'm not even saying he's playing well. I'm just saying that there's not going to be 24 running backs you want to start over. Yeah, we are dealing well, with. I saw more teams. Jordan Howard next. I could say that much. Yep. Okay. All right, and Stefan Diggs, guys, uh, two catches for 32 yards. Really just – he's only had really one game that's been good since he came back from the injury. That's five games, only one game with more than six fantasy points, only two games with more than three fantasy points. Stefan Diggs, obligated or uh, okay to sit at Carolina? Um, obligated. You know, there was I was watching this game, and on the broadcast, they were talking about how – Minnesota had done a great job this year of getting big plays. But their coach had said before the game, we've got to be more methodical this week because Atlanta doesn't give up big plays. And I wonder if he realized that their two best corners were out because they really did focus on the thing that Atlanta is known for being bad at, just dumping the ball off to the running back, throwing the ball short, and moving the ball down the field pretty methodically. They didn't really take the shots. Um, I don't know if that method will work against Carolina next week, but hopefully they start throwing the ball downfield again. Okay, Stefan Diggs uh, struggled today, and it was you know it was a pretty low scoring game. It was the first game in 31 games that Matt Ryan didn't throw a touchdown. I know we're talking about Diggs, but we talked about Julio earlier. 30 game touchdown streak ends. The Falcons themselves did not score a touchdown. All right, let's do some who's the boss. We will uh, do some almost Safarian Jenkins touchdowns. Top five at each position. Recap the games. All I want to know quickly, guys, is who would you rather have in these situations? Who's the boss? In the Patriots' backfield, Heath. Ooh, I, I'm gonna still say Deion Lewis, um, just because I, I don't know that Rex Burkhead's chance of getting the one-yard opportunity is that much better than Deion Lewis's chance from scoring eight yards out. So I'll still say Deion Lewis, but it's pretty much a push. Jamie, who's the boss? I'll, I'll I guess I'll take Burkhead. I, I think they're both great, though. I, I don't really know if there's, uh, you know, you take the touchdown away. They both average over six yards a carry. Burkett had three catches, so the total yards are basically the same. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're looking at two guys that you can feel like. I have a league right now. Um, depending on how it's going to work out, I'm going to finish with the number one seed. My my three best running backs, because I have Ezekiel Elliott also, are Burkett, Lewis, and Carlos Hyde. 
if I was playing next week, I probably would start both Patriots guys. Yeah, I'm at uh, Miami. Don't forget also, James White had six targets and 50 total yards in this game. So Yeah, but if if that's the case and Burkhead's still getting four targets and catching three of them, plus getting 12 carries, they both had the same amount of touches, 15 touches. Yeah, it's just like Deion Lewis doesn't really catch passes, and he doesn't score touchdowns now. So it's scary because what if he gets but, you? But, like, but, I mean, you just think about it, though. This is now, what, three three games in a row or four games in a row with at least nine in a standard league? Four, yeah. That's great. It's great. It is. It is. But just come on, score already. It's so frustrating. He got down to like the one yard line. He had a great run, got down to the one. They bring in Burkhead. Um, who's the boss in the Tennessee backfield, guys? Derrick Henry just looks so much better than DeMarco Murray. Yeah, but does it, like, uh, does it matter? What's the game script? Are they gonna, well? Next week, yeah, Arizona. I mean, that's a winnable game. Like, are they gonna just turn Derrick Henry loose? You think it's ever gonna happen where he gets more carries is the primary ball carrier. Look, this week it was a 75-yard run that put him over 100 yards. Prior to that, I guess you could say Murray played better. Yeah, but I mean, over the oh, last yeah, month, Murray averaged six yards a carry. Yeah, over the last month though, it's just been Derrick Henry. All right, uh, last one. Who's the boss in the Saints backfield, Jamie? Kamara. Heath. Uh, well, they're both great. Yeah, th- again, they're both great. I, I. I might still bet on Ingram because I think he gets more touches. Dave wanted me to ask. I wish I could find Ron Rivera's quote on uh, on Kamara because it was pretty good. It was Dave, something like, "Yeah." Here, let me see if I Dave wanted me to ask if Alvin Kamara is going to be a first round pick next year. The next Mark month King. decides. Let's huh? say let's say Ingram's back. What do you think? I, I if think Ingram's s- back. Yeah, I think second round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's what Ron, Ron Rivera said. Um, we can prepare for whatever we want, but he's got some elite ability. He, yeah, he's I mean, really good. He's just, he's just awesome. Imagine if they started giving him carries. Yeah, he's outstanding. Um, all right, hey, uh, we've got a tweet well, of the day. We got a tweet of the day. It's from Jay. Jay said, "I had surgery this morning. My wife tells me that my first words while waking up from anesthesia were, quote, how's my fantasy team.'" <laughs> End quote. I love it. I love the priorities, Jay. Good stuff. And you, Jay, you know what would be perfect for you? How about Pro Flowers? Sounds like you have a great wife who cares about you, Jay. So reciprocate. Go to proflowers.com and it's holiday time. So for all of you out there that you need a gift, okay? You don't know what to get someone. You don't want to just send them a card. Why don't you give them, why don't you give Pro Flowers a shot? Uh, save 20% with the promo code FFT on proflowers.com. So 20% off any bouquet of $29 or more. Use the promo code FFT. All of us on this show have given our wives a bouquet from Pro Flowers. I know it's gone well for all of us. Uh, I really recommend it, especially if you can't see everyone you want to see this holiday season. Again, you, you know, the card's not personal enough, so they've got a great selection on proflowers.com. They're guaranteed to stay fresh. And you can save some money, again, with our promo code. It's a, it's a really great offer, everybody. Perfect time to do it. Go to proflowers.com. Get a bouquet of more than twenty of twenty nine or more dollars, and use our promo code FFT at checkout. You're going to get twenty percent off. Again, that's proflowers.com, and the code is FFT. Now, here's our email of the day. It's from David. I think my team has accomplished the impossible. I have won our league's high point prize while finishing with the worst record in a ten team league at five and eight. Has that ever happened before? Do you guys think that's ever happened? Highest score, last place. 
I'm gonna say no. The history of fantasy. I've football. never heard of it. <laughs> Me either. It's really that's incredible. So he's had three there, losses of two two or fewer points this year. There, there is a, a decent chance if this Sunday night game keeps going like it is right now, and Carson Wentz and the Eagles defense continue to do what they're doing, that in our auction league. I'm going to outscore the entire league by 100 points and not make the playoffs. Really? Wow. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like there should be a rule change, or do you feel like that's just the way it goes? I mean, I've always felt like one of the six, seven, eight playoff spots that you have should go to the highest-scoring team that doesn't have the best record. And I'm in several leagues where it is that way. But that were, that were those were not the rules going into the season, so I'm not going to complain about it. But no, I think the the better way to do it is for – the final playoff spot to go to the highest scoring team left. Actually, I, th- I agree. I think that's a good, uh, assuming, wait, 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 the highest scoring team left or you guarantee a playoff spot to the team with the highest point total just in case that team's out. No, I think the top five spots should be based on record and the sixth spot should be based hmm. on who has the most points. Okay. I, I support that. I might make that change next year, Heath. Well done. Well done. Thanks. Some more news for you. Baltimore cornerback Jimmy Smith is out for the season with an Achilles injury at Pittsburgh next week. Tennessee cornerback Logan Ryan's in the concussion protocol. Buffalo cornerback Tredavious White's in the concussion protocol. And they also had another cornerback, Leonard Johnson, leave with a knee injury. And they had a defensive end, Shaq Lawson, leave with an injury. Rams linebacker Alec Ogletree left with an injury. Uh, C.J. Fedorowicz is in the concussion protocol. We saw Steven Alexander had a huge game for the Texans. Anderson. Oh, thank you, Steven Anderson. I wonder if uh, Fedorowicz is done for the season. Yeah, rough year for him. Falcons guard Andy Levitre left with an injury. The Lions were already playing without Travis Swanson, their center, and they lost Rick Wagner, their right tackle, with an ankle injury. That was a tough one. And Kyle Long left with a shoulder injury in the third quarter. He's a guard for the Bears. We That's a big part of Howard, too. Yep, yeah, yeah. We don't know the severity here, but. Something to keep an eye on. Okay, almost. You said Jimmy Smith. I did say that. Yep. Almost, Safarian Jenkins. You're almost touchdowns for today. Well, Elijah McGuire had a touchdown run overturned, and then Bilal Powell ran it in on the next play. Jameis Winston hit to Sean Jackson for a touchdown, but he was across the line of scrimmage, so it got called back, and Cameron Braid scored on the next play. DeAndre Hopkins had a touchdown overturned. He still had 80 yards. Robbie Anderson came up a yard short of a touchdown. Mike Wallace did the same thing, and then Ben Watson caught a touchdown on the next play. Seth Roberts had an almost touchdown. Josh Reynolds had another almost touchdown. And then Gerald Everett caught a touchdown on the next play. And Sterling Shepard came up a yard short of a touchdown. Did I miss any Austin Safarian touchdowns? Or almost Safarian Jenkins? Not that I saw. Okay, good. I got it right this time. Here are your top five at each position for Fantasy Week 13. Heath, I'll give you the quarterbacks. Alex Smith, 45. Josh McCown, 32. Blake Bortles, 28. What? Cam Newton, 24. Joe Flacco, 22. What? Alex Smith, McCown, Bortles, Newton, and Flacco? Huh? Yeah. Just, One of those just guys like we all predicted. Started going in. Th- th- those were my top five coming into <laughs> the week. Um, I know that for sure. Uh, we talked about Smith plenty. I, listen, if Josh McCown has even a decent matchup, the thing I noticed about that game, and it's not related to McCown, but Robbie Anderson, I tweeted this out. He's a professional wide receiver. Like coming into the year, Robbie Anderson was just a deep guy that would just burn you deep. He's running all types of routes. Uh, that's, that's quite a good connection there. And then speaking of the deep ball, Flacco and Mike Wallace are kind of getting it done right now. Yeah. Flacco's looking a little bit better. McCown, I was lucky enough to 
the, the Antonio Brown injury was a blessing for me because I started McCown over Roethlisberger, which I had wanted to do all week. Um, at Denver next week, guys, you know, it's interesting. A lot of touchdowns, but not a lot of yards. You going to trust McCown next week at Denver? Nope. I think I'm 15th. He's got a good floor right now of about 17 points. Yeah. So that puts him in the number two category. Jamie, let's go to the running backs. Top five in standard. Alvin Kamara, Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Damn it. Why did I say Kamara? Alvin Kamara. Alex Collins, Rex Burkhead, Kenyon Drake. It's just, I mean, does this list tell you, the last two things we read tell you everything you need to know about fantasy football. Uh, Kamara, Collins, Burkhead, Drake, and then we have a three-way tie for fifth place between Alfred Morris, Marshawn Lynch, and Jamal Williams. Wow. Well, I, I think, you know, starting at the, the bottom, um, not to overlook Drake, <laughs> um, I, I think with Jamal Williams, you got to be encouraged that Aaron Jones came back. Even start at the a, bottom. I just got it. I was like, what? no, don't no. laugh at that. <laughs> when we were trying to promote Drake earlier this week. I did like a, a six-song thing with Drake songs talking about him, and you didn't – none of the listeners got it. Well, you can't you laugh at that pick one. the one song I know, and I would have laughed. <laughs> there you go. So, Jamal Williams gets 21 carries, two catches. Uh Aaron Jones has one carry. It turns out to be the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Yeah. But – I mean, this is Williams' job, I would assume, for the foreseeable future with Ty Montgomery on injured reserve. So he's got the chance next week. The Browns' run defense uh play a little bit better today than they have in recent weeks, but uh, it's hard to get away from Jamal Williams. And then Marshawn Lynch, this is his third game with at least 17 carries, but the last two weeks he's played much better. And you have to assume that maybe what they were doing uh-huh. was trying to save him for the second half of the season. And here we are, 26 carries last week, 17 carries this week. You know about the... uh uh, injuries at, or, or lack of talent at the wide receiver position because of Crabtree's suspension, uh, and Cooper being out. But with what you're seeing from Marshawn Lynch right now, 51 yard touchdown run, it was an easy hole to run through. But he almost, it's funny, he almost got chased down, which shows like, you know, he probably doesn't have the ability to do that anymore consistently, but it was good to see him do it once. Mm-hmm. So if you've, if you've stuck with Marshawn Lynch, you should be happy about that. All right. We go to the, uh, wide receiver. Jamie, I think your cell phone. That's a Jake, just a Drake reference. Just a joke. It's a Drake reference. So, Are, can we it? talk about the Marshawn Lynch quote after the game, or is that uh, yeah? Okay? You know what? I think we can. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do it. No. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> just fine. we'll just tell people to go look up the Marshawn Lynch quote after the game. There you go. He's fabulous. Probably smart. Tyreek Hill in standard scoring leagues almost doubled up the next best wide receiver. He had thirty points. Keenan Allen had sixteen. Uh, here, here's Keenan Allen over his last three games: thirty-three catches. 436 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, he's good. Jermaine Curse, Larry Fitzgerald, welcome back. And Marquise Lee, seven catches, 86 yards and a touchdown. So it's Hill, Keenan Allen, Jermaine Curse, Larry Fitzgerald, and Marquise Lee. Uh, yeah, Heath, what do you think about the top five wide receivers this week? I am glad that somebody told Blaine Gabbert that Larry Fitzgerald was on his team. And that, uh, he realized that when you throw the ball to Larry Fitzgerald, he catches it ten targets. Imagine being so good that Blaine Gabbert throws the ball to you ten times and you catch all ten of them. But he's, oh. he's had good games with Gabbert. It was just last yeah, I was going to say, why, why is there any concern about Fitzgerald? He had one bad game in the last four and it was against Jacksonville. Yeah, he's, he's been better. But this is Gabbert's third game. So Fitzgerald's had two good games with Gabbert. Who, by the way, is looking alright right now. Kind of weird. With Tennessee next week. All right, so Fitzgerald, we're cool with Heath. Give me another guy on the list. Hill, Allen, Curse, or Lee? Well, that's why we said you can't sit Tyreek Hill. And he may give you a complete and total dud next week, but I don't trust that it's as simple as just saying when he's at home, sit him, when he was on the road, play him. 
it, he just has that potential to be the number one wide receiver any week. And even though you know the floor is really low, you can't fit that. Okay, and Jamie, our top five tight ends for Fantasy Week 13 were Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram. All he needed was a quarterback change. Cameron Brait, all he needed was a quarterback change. Rob Gronkowski and David Njoku was tied with Steven Anderson. Uh, a pretty interesting list. We do at least have Kelsey and Gronk on here, but we also have Ingram, Brait, Njoku, and Steven Anderson, Jamie. I think Ingram needs help because the two games he was bad was without Strong Shepard. And Shepard comes back, and I don't know if it was drawing coverage, it was just a good matchup, if it was Geno Davis, but Geno Smith, excuse me. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, it, it's hard to overlook two games where he didn't have a lot of help around him, and then he gets somebody that's at least a semblance of a threat, and he plays much better. So, uh, Ingram, you could feel comfortable if you got away from him this week, go back to him. Uh, and the same thing with Cameron Brait. If Jameis Winston's gonna be healthy, that rapport is solid. Uh, six targets, two catches, 39 yards, scored him two of them. So, Good matchup next week against Detroit. Not great, but you're starting Cameron Brait uh, if you if you uh, still have him on your team. You want to hear an interesting quote from Ben McAdoo, who, according to Adam Schefter, might get fired on Monday. He said that Evan Ingram needs to work on his fundamentals in the cold weather. And I thought that was kind of interesting because it was a warm-weather game. He was in Oakland, but he, he's from Georgia, I think. He played at Ole Miss. He's not used to the cold weather, and he has struggled in it recently. Um, it's probably going to be cold next week. I, I think Jamie's theory is is better, but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we revisit if he has more drops next week in a home game against Dallas. All right, we got to go to the games here, and uh, we're late getting to the games, and there are a lot of them. So how about we do one takeaway from the games? Uh, Chargers 19, Browns 10. Heath, give me a takeaway from this game. Well, I, I just want to say it one more time that Josh Gordon is awesome. I'm very excited to start him next week, and it's great to have him back. The other takeaway I'll say is I'm feeling a little bit better about not having to eat crow. Uh, Melvin Gordon just doesn't quite look the same. I'm not sure he's 100%. He didn't have a bad game, though. He had, uh, he had 90, what, he had over 100, 100 total yards. Nine fantasy points. Yeah, nine fantasy points over 100 total yards. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, all right, uh, real quick. Do you think Duke Johnson is hurt by Josh Gordon's presence? I don't know if it's so much that... Um, as it's just, there was a, there were a lot of plays where Isaiah Crowell was out there in the backfield in what we would normally consider to be passing downs. I think over the last few weeks we've seen they've tried to play Crowell more. Okay. All right. Let's go to our next game. Rams 36, Cardinals 16. Jamie, I'll give this one to you. One takeaway from Rams 36, Cardinals 16. Kerwin Williams, if Adrian Peterson is out, very solid performance. 16 carries, 97 yards. Um, you know, didn't really do much in the passing game. I I, I had high expectations for DJ Foster. Um, you know, got a tip that Foster was going to get a lot of work. That didn't happen. So Kerwin Williams, you know, with the cracked ribs, if Peterson's neck injury lingers, um, you know, this wasn't an easy matchup against the Rams, and he does a similar matchup next week at home against the Titans. So he's certainly worth picking up. I think it's my, you know, I, I got to apologize for thinking that the Rams' run defense was turning a corner, and I I just. They aren't. They haven't been. They've been bad pretty much every week. So Williams averaged a great game for him. Six point one yards per carry for Kerwin Williams. Yeah, it, it's it's more a Wade Phillips thing. You know that they they're so good on the back end of their defense that you saw it in Denver at the end of his tenure there, and you're seeing it with the Rams too. You would think that with Aaron Donald they'd be better, but they're just not. Yeah, it's bizarre. Okay, our next game. We're doing the late games first here. New Orleans thirty-one, Carolina twenty-one. We could spend a little more time on this one, Heath. Give me a takeaway. The Saints win over the Panthers. 
it's a good thing Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown, or that would have been one bust of a game. And Jonathan Stewart is not going anywhere. Twice as many carries in this game, got the goal line carry, which kind of hurts Cam as well. They really seem to like this play where Jonathan Stewart tries to jump over the pile, and it worked this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was a bit of a struggle for Cam, but he ended up being a top five quarterback, at least going into the Sunday night game. He had a long run at one point. Uh, Michael Thomas scored for the first time in eight games. Jamie Ted Ginn, you know, when he's bad, he's really bad, but you gotta give him credit. He's had a really nice year, but two catches for 27 yards. Your thoughts on Ted Ginn? He's a number three receiver with boomer bust potential. So. It's just, uh, you know, I, I thought given the matchup and what we saw the Jets do against the Panthers last week and how good the run defense the Panthers have been, that it would be a more of a Drew Brees game. But the Saints running backs are just that good. All right, Oakland 24 and the Giants 17. Actually not terrible from Geno Smith. Didn't really hold back Ingram for sure, but Sterling Shepard only had three catches for 56 yards. Jamie, what's your takeaway from the Raiders' win over the Giants? I think that Derek Carson have a big game next week against the Chiefs. You know, we'll see how the weather is, but it's a one o'clock game. So I, I think going into Kansas City, uh, you gotta be encouraged by Carr that without Crafty, without Cooper, he comes out with 287 yards and a touchdown. Uh, like you said, Seth Roberts, if he had that touchdown, the almost touchdown, yep, that would have been two. Uh, would have been a big day for him. So Derek Carr played really well, uh, given the circumstances. And I think you're starting to see the Raiders. It's going to be a fun finish to see the Raiders, Chiefs and, and Chargers, uh, who gets that AFC West title. Um, I would take the Chargers right now, but the Raiders are certainly making their push. I, we said it on Friday. It's like, why was everybody picking up Seth Roberts and not Cordell or Patterson? And once again, Patterson had a better game. He had 97 I, I like Patterson a lot. I, I thought just the big playability. You, you've seen it, um, you know, going back to the Richardson Hail Mary, um, not Hail Mary, Flea Flicker play, uh, against the Giants, that the Giants give up big plays and, Rich, and Patterson's <laughs> yeah. better at that. Yeah, I, right. I think the reason people were going after Roberts because of the success he had with Carr in the red zone, and he almost had a red zone touchdown in this one, and he had more targets. I, mean, I guess that's fair, but Patterson had a much better game last week, and he was only 5% owned compared to 44 for yeah. Roberts. just seemed a little uneven. Now the bottom line is Crabtree's back next week. Cooper might be back next week. Might not even be having this discussion. Um, Miami 35 and Denver 9. Heath, I'll go to you on this one. Domination from the Dolphins. Any takeaways other than Kenyon Drake? How about the Dolphins receivers? Maybe we go there. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part, I think, in this one, because Kenny Stills outperforming Devontae Parker. We had this thing where if it was Jay Cutler, it was Devontae Parker. If it was Matt Moore, it was Kenny Stills. This time it was Jay Cutler and it was Kenny Stills. And I think we have to treat – now, it could be different next week, but I think going into next week we have to treat it as if Kenny Stills is ahead of Devontae Parker. Is he ahead of Jarvis Landry? I don't believe so. There's that. I'm not going to go that far yet. Landry has a great track record against the Patriots, uh, who they play next week. I, I think what, if you recall, it was maybe two weeks ago, um, Clyde Christensen, the offense coordinator for the Dolphins, said that Parker, they have to, you know, motivate him a little bit more. Maybe he was playing hurt. I wonder if he maybe he's not 100%. Oh, I just read an article like three days ago where the it might have been Christensen again saying, you know, he hasn't had the, the – he just said Parker's been playing hurt. He said it, so – he said the injury held he, him he, back. He didn't say that he was playing hurt. He acknowledged the injury held him back this year, and I took it to, as he was still playing hurt, but he did not ex- explicitly say that. He has been injured or not 100% for most of his NFL career, hasn't yeah. he? Absolutely. I mean, I'm certainly, I'm s- certainly going to evaluate him differently next year because he is always hurt. But I feel like next year nobody's going to want Devontae Parker, so he'll be a late-round flyer. 
Uh, Jacksonville 30 and Indianapolis 10. And the Colts had the ball for seven and a half more minutes than the Col- or the Jaguars had the ball for seven and a half more minutes than the Colts. This was the week I finally sat T.Y. Hilton, Jamie. What a great move. Three catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown against, yeah, that team that is amazing against wide receivers every week, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, what, what do you want to say? It was a busted coverage. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, wide open in the middle of the field. He made one move on Barry Church. He scored a touchdown. So, uh, kudos to him. It's just so hard to trust him, though, moving forward. Um, so it's uh they get Buffalo next week. We'll see if you know Tredavious White's in there. That'll that'll make things a little difficult. Hilton on the road. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's the number three receiver again, but his, his he's had a lost season without Andrew Luck. Well, not just he and Sammy Watkins both scored today. Neither of them scored on the you know on the elite cornerbacks, but they did score. Uh, okay, I think we can be done with that game. Frank Gore's fifth all-time in rushing yards. Good for him. Baltimore 44 and Detroit 20. So Flacco's starting to play a little bit better. Danny Woodhead is not, though, Heath. Is there any point in holding on to Danny Woodhead? Like, There's probably a point in holding on to him, but he's not somebody you have to hold on to. Like, He's not somebody I'm spike-dropping. But if there is someone I, I can add that I think is going to help me this week in the fantasy playoffs, I would not mind dropping him. <clears throat> um, I, I think... For next week, it's it's an interesting thing because we've seen Baltimore since Woodhead's come back just be able to beat teams. Yeah, they got to go into Pittsburgh. They're probably gonna be chasing points. Yeah, I think that yeah. might be the only game though. Rest of seasons, their schedule's pretty easy if I recall, or at least they'll be in every game. Why don't I have this? Oh, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, and then the Colts. So for the for weeks fifteen and sixteen, I don't know that Woodhead's gonna have a game script that's in his favor. But yeah, next week will be, well, you're right, Jamie, maybe you shouldn't drop Woodhead since they have a good chance to be trailing at Pittsburgh next week. The really weird thing oh. is since Woodhead's been there is when they really started throwing the ball to Mike Wallace more. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have waited this long. Teon Green, guys. 11 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown for uh, for Detroit. What do you think with Abdul out? Yeah, it's it's worth looking. I mean, there, there's a couple guys, Peyton Barber, Teon Green, uh, Kerwin Williams. You know, all three guys, if the guys in front of them remain out. Um, you know, Barber has the the Lions. If he gets 13 carries, that's the you know the number. So yeah. he he's got a great chance if if uh, if Martin's still dealing with the concussion and Tion Green, both Green and Riddick score touchdowns. You know, for the Lions. So that's somebody you can look at against Tampa Bay and and Kerwin Williams gets the Titans. Yep, that's my fault. That should have been a segment. That should have been a do they matter segment, and it should have been at the top of the show. Those three running backs, and I apologize. I dropped the ball on that one. Uh, Tennessee 24, Houston 13. Uh, anything here? Yeah, anything here? I can't really... <laughs> nothing jumps out as like a major storyline in this game, Jamie. Anything I'm missing? Mariota? Uh, I was a little disappointed with um the Texans using Andre Ellington in some red zone situations over Lamar Miller. Yep. That was frustrating because, I mean, look, I can understand it when it's Deontay Foreman. I can even understand it if it's Alfred Blue, just based on physica- <laughs> the the size difference. Andre Ellington's a scat back. You know, I mean, he's he's an air back. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, go through the tackles and help them score touchdowns. Yeah. Miller had his typical game with eight fantasy points in standard. With You know, decimals, you're at like 96 fantasy, 9.6. But no touchdown for Miller. But he did fine. Was a number two running backs. Uh, Mariota got you 20 points. He ran for a touchdown. And he's at Arizona next week. And hopefully he gets Rashard Matthews back. Jets 38. Chiefs 31. How about the Jets running backs, Heath? Any thoughts on these guys? Powell scored a rushing touchdown, had 18 carries. Forte scored a receiving touchdown, had 15 carries. 
Yeah, it's still really messy. But the thing that I would say that works out in Bilal Powell's favor is you talked about how when Elijah McGuire, when his run got pushed back to the one, Powell got the carry inside the five. Powell was getting pretty much all of that work. Well, Josh McCown was getting a lot of that work because they enjoy the <laughs> QB sneak so much. <laughs> they do. But Powell was the one on the field with him. So it looks like, at least right now, Bilal Powell is their short yardage back. Minnesota. Get the Broncos. Broncos next week if both Pico and Wolf are out again. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, Minnesota 14 and Atlanta 9. Jamie, can you believe how well Case Keen was playing? Like, he didn't put up a monster game, but he completed 25 of 30 passes for, and he had 21 fantasy points. It's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you guys talked about it with the, uh, the receivers there. He hit nine different receivers, you know, so it was Latavius Murray. It was, uh, uh, Jarek McKinnon, you know, he scored a touchdown. Rudolph scored a touchdown. Michael Floyd, Laquan Treadwell, you know, all these guys got involved. And so I, I think you're looking at what Keenum is doing. He's just got full command of this offense. You know, it's like Sam Bradford played well last year. Offensive line is better. Weapons are better. And Keenum's better. You know, so he may not have the career completion percentage, but he's throwing the ball downfield more. So um I, I think you got to love the situation for him moving forward and just how he's, you know, operating right now and he's facing the Carolina defense that's really been struggling against passing tax next week. And um Latavius Murray had a long run and he got taken out of the game. He got them down to like the one yard line or something inside the five. He got taken out of the game. They gave a carry to McKinnon and they threw a touchdown pass to McKinnon. So you know Murray usually gets that goal line work but he didn't because a lot of times guy gets a long run. I think it happened with Deion Lewis too. Guy gets a long run, gets winded, gets taken out. Bad timing. Uh, New England 23 and Buffalo 3. Heath, is LaShawn McCoy someone you're confident in starting or obligated to start? We talked about all of those obligated to start running backs beforehand. I would put LaShawn McCoy ahead of all of those guys. But he might be right on the borderline of the confident in starting. I still, like, this wasn't, he had 102 yards. He had nine mm-hmm. fantasy points. It was fine. It was Melvin Gordon-esque. But I worry... If Nathan Peterman's the quarterback for the rest of the season, does anyone show any respect to the pass at all? And he doesn't have the running quarterback that they have to pay attention to. It's just 100% focused on him. That could make for some rocky starts. I would say that next week he should be fine against the Colts at home. I will say, and I'll mention this in the waiver wire, Traveris Cadet should be owned if you're a LaShawn McCoy owner because – they're going to fall out of playoff contention. And he's been dealing with this knee soreness. That at some point, it may not be till week 15, 16, 17, who knows. But he may just say, look, i got to shut it down for my own sake. Because I'm not helping myself if the team is going to count on me next year. But, Jamie, when have the Bills ever sat down a proven veteran for an unproven young player at an important position? You know, or traded that guy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think Buffalo, you know, they, they made the, the, the choice to try to go and I don't know if you, you know, tanking in the middle of the season, but, you know, to go to Peterman uh, after that New Orleans disaster and you saw what happened to him against the Chargers and then Taylor comes back and they win that game the following week. And I, I just wonder if, uh, you know, now that they lost again and, and, and don't have Tyrod Taylor, if it's just back to we're just going to try and tank again. San Francisco 15 and Chicago 14. Uh, Heath, any big takeaways from this one-point win, Robbie Gold's Revenge? You know, we talked about Goodwin, we talked about Howard, we talked about Hyde, we talked about Garoppolo. I guess the only other person 
that did something. Dontrell Inman caught a touchdown, which made some of the Dontrell Inman hype look good, but he only had two targets. That's not exactly exciting. Yeah, we're... I, I, I'll, I'll add one more thing. You know, we see this when backup quarterbacks come in, and there's always like a guy that they've been working with. Trent Taylor, six catches, 92 yards on six targets. And they've been desperate for somebody else to step up. You know, Marquis Cohen's played okay since Pierre Garçon's gone down. This was his best game. Um, maybe Trent Taylor has, has got some, you know, legitimacy. He could be their slot receiver, you know, in the future. I have to think about the matchups, but right now I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start Marquise Goodwin over Demarius Thomas next week. And finally, Green Bay 26 and Tampa Bay 20. And what do you, I, what do you think about Jameis Winston? Is he someone to take a look at? Uh, Heath Cummings. Yeah, I mean, he's not available in very many leagues, but it's a good matchup against Detroit. We don't have to worry. I was a little bit concerned in this first game back with some reports that maybe he'd been rushed a little bit and a beat-up offensive line that he didn't make it through this game. But now he gets the Detroit Lions at home. He's probably going to be a top-12 quarterback. Ezekiel Lanza left the game for the Lions, too. Yeah. You know, so that's big for their pass rush. If he gets Mike Evans going. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize you were done. Uh, if he gets Mike Evans going. Okay, guys, let's just talk about Brett Hundley. He, uh, he sucked. He scored set. You know, he, they moved the ball. He didn't finish the drives, really, with all the rushing touchdowns. But, yeah, go ahead, Heath. He was bad. No, he was absolutely awful in just about every way, um, except for that he ran for 66 yards. Mm-hmm. So at least he got you positive fantasy points. Um, I, I still don't think he's not going to be a bottom tier quarterback for me next week at Cleveland. It's another good matchup and we'll just hope that a couple of those touchdowns turn into uh, passing touchdowns instead of rushing touchdowns. He did exactly what you needed him to do. He got the Packers a win. Yep. Oh, huge for Aaron Rodgers. He gets them one game closer to Aaron Rodgers coming back. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if anybody started him, uh, you know, I, I know I did. I dropped Alex Smith in one league to start Brent Huntley because I've just been struggling and needed uh, something to try and change my team around. Obviously it was bad, bad move. It was against you, Adam. So congratulations. You Uh, won in our flex league. Outstanding. Um, I, I, I do think though that, uh, he's probably going to have a a bounce back game, but nobody's going to start him. And Jordy Nelson is just terrible. But you can't <laughs> drop him. You can't drop huh? him. You can't drop him. It depends on what your situation is. Oh, sure you can. You can't. You cannot drop him because when Rodgers oh, gets I back. Oh, I see saying because Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I tweeted it out. Aaron Rodgers owners need to be cheering for the Eagles in this game. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They Absolutely. got they got help with the with the Falcons losing. And also, yeah. Bonanza fans have to be cheering for the Eagles because it's halftime right Ooh. now, and the five five week Bonanza streak is in jeopardy, guys. I, I thank just you. looked at Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz have combined for one target in the first half. It's oh, really outstanding. Um, all right, so the Legion of Boom apparently is back. Thank you so much. We will talk to you on on Tuesday with the waiver wire. See ya. Bye. It's all-